Well, hello, and welcome back to a steaming hot cup of Elevate Ordinary. Today, we're talking coffee here in a moment. Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, with my co-host, Teresa, my wife. Hey. Uh, I never know how to do in- intro yeah, that. I don't know it what to say either. It gets every time. <laughs> hey, Goofy's good. But we've got a fun episode for you today. I've got, uh, we've got our friend and my colleague, Seth Payne, here with us today. Seth, welcome. Okay. I can't really reach you through my microphone, <laughs> but we uh, are going to talk about coffee today. Yeah, coffee. So, coffee, one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, and one of our favorite subjects. I think we, you know, when we met and we started working together, so we worked together in the Coming Home Network International, which is my father's apostolate. We help people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. You can check that out at www.chnetwork.org. Um, but I think when we met early on, we figured out, oh, we both like coffee. Yeah, we both like coffee. And I remember the the first place that we worked together was in uh, in your basement. Yes. And I there were some downsides to that, but one of the upsides was we had access to your stove. Yes. And I remember the, the first coffee that we had a lot together was I brought over my Turkish pot. Oh, yes. And so I would, make, Make, I would make some Turkish coffee yeah. every day for our little coffee break. So why are we talking about coffee, though? You know, yeah. And I wanted to just go back a moment to the theme of the show, Elevate Ordinary. You know, our idea here is to dig into ordinary or apparently ordinary aspects of, of daily life and look for the presence of God, mm-hmm. look for the opportunities. You know, we've been talking a lot about virtue lately, you know, these opportunities every day in the little acts to build virtue and vice or to, to draw closer to God, to, to draw closer to other people, to grow an appreciation of, of the world that God's given us, of the the purposes he's made us for of the the great gift in our bodies and of of nature you know god's second book and so again you could really pick any leaping off point there's a quote from chester that i couldn't find today although i googled like a madman trying to find it but at some place he's saying you know the difficulty sometimes for a christian to explain why he believes is that there's a million reasons Mm -hmm. you know that the, the deeper you go into your faith the deeper you come to know god like every little thing bespeaks God's glory and his, his wonder and his generosity to you, you know? And so coffee for me is one of those things, but our kind of our point today is to look, is also to go deeper into the, how, um, how anything in life can, can bear that out. And I guess the, 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 the way to begin that, the, the thought that I had was, is to, to begin talking about like two general ways you might go about your life. And the two words I had in mind were breadth and depth. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy in today's world with, you know, the internet and with um, a lot of the freedom that we have, the freedom to move around, the freedom to purchase, the freedom to, to, to you know, transportation, information. It's easy to live a life of breadth, you know, wide uh, array of experience, you know, a, a million miles wide, but maybe an inch deep. Um, and, yeah, and, and, there can, and there can be a fear of not having enough experiences. Right. Of oh, not not missing out. Right. FOMO. <laughs> yes. It's the one thing I know from popular culture in the last 10 years. FOMO. Is that correct? FOMO. Maybe Fear I'm of wrong. Missing out. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. If I don't do, if I don't get out and do all the things, I'm somehow going to miss something. You know. But then, but then when you do get really deep into something, the more you get into it, the more you realize that that, that that fear is unfounded because you're like, oh my goodness, this is, is amazing. I've discovered something new. Right. And you keep discovering new things. Yeah. And you don't have to go all over the world. You don't have to try every single thing and exhaust yourself yeah. to really keep discovering new things. Right. Well, there is a little bit of a trade-off though, right? Yeah. You know, that like we have, like life is short. And if you, if you throw all of your of your lot in breadth, trying to have a bunch of novel experiences, trying to do, do everything. If, if there's this other axis, so to speak of depth mm-hmm. and you never explore that, then, then you're, you are going to miss something. There is mm-hmm. something perhaps more important. I right. think that's part of our mm. idea is you're going to miss something even more important. Well, and you, I, you could probably say it goes the other way too. If you, mm-hmm. you, if you focus too much on one thing, 
and just keep going deeper and deeper in one thing, then you might miss out on something else. Right. Um, so it, it is, it is a balance. It is, you know, it's, you know, we've talked about a lot, you know, this both and of, of just seeing what, what is coming and what, what God has given you for that day. Right. Right. Also, you know, some the way I like to think of it too, is this question of, you know, we tend to think of our culture as a consumerist materialist culture like we like our we have we're too focused on stuff but I, I guess a question that's come to my mind is do we as a culture do we like stuff love stuff too much mm-hmm. or perhaps in in a certain sense too little mm-hmm. you know because uh, I w- certainly as christians there's a there's a way to love the world and love stuff that's improper mm-hmm. like like we're we're from like we know that uh, yeah. an attachment that would keep us away from god but it seems like that's not um, well, it seems like in our culture that we have, well, we have that, you know, this consumerism, the desire to have everything, the desire to mm-hmm. just like eat a bunch of junk food and move on to the next right. thing. Well, and, and I think there's, there's uh to get into the coffee part of it. I think part of that, one of the issues with that is we wanted in the consumerist mentality, we want everything to be easy and right. quick. And, you know, that was my experience of coffee for a long time. I just, I just wanted to get my coffee, mm-hmm. you know, I just, you know, whether it was going out to, to Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. or, uh, just, you know, doing something, uh, getting some store-bought coffee and, you know, doing it in my coffee machine. Um, and, and I, and I realized that I think like a lot of people, my assumption was, well, if I want to have coffee. I, you know, I want it to be easy. I want it to be quick, but I'm going to have to put some, some sugar and cream in it mm-hmm. because I want it to taste good. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was my experience for a number of years of, well, of, of course I can't have coffee without having something in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like there's, again, a lot of this in our culture, it, uh, it pushes us to that, that shallow experience of life mm-hmm. where we want to try everything and we want it to be as cheap and as quick as possible, but we resist anything that takes, takes effort, takes virtue mm-hmm. to go a little deeper in, which again, mm-hmm. this may, it sounds weird on the surface, but we're getting somewhere with this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it does have to do with coffee. Yeah. Um, well, and in, so in God's created world, everything down to the tiniest blade of grass is awesome. And while you were speaking, like I was thinking about how, like now that we're coffee people mm-hmm. and I fought this for a long time cause I'm the one who budgets for the food and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we could spend half as much and still get our coffee fix and we could have more and we could have, you know, we wouldn't have to be quite as careful with all of our coffee beans because they wouldn't be so darn expensive. Um, but when you do make these trade-offs mm-hmm. and when you make a trade-off, you lose some of the awe in the created thing. Mm -hmm. So now that we make coffee from fresh whole beans, there is like the coffee bean is incredible. Mm -hmm. And the way that you make it, the different Mm -hmm. methods that you make it produce a different kind of look, a different kind of smell, a different kind of depth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find myself instead now in a position of awe and when I take the, we're going to get canceled by our own producers, but when I, t- <laughs> I take the, the pre-ground coffee and, you know, throw it in my coffee machine and make it, I lose some of that awe and it does become mm-hmm. something that I just consume to get my caffeine. Like I just need yeah. my caffeine and I'm going to consume it. Um, but I, I, I feel like a, a part, a little bit of part of me has been traded. Yeah. Well, going back, you know, when, when we, yeah. when you started working at your house and we were doing that, um, the Turkish coffee, there's a process in that that takes a lot of, a lot of patience. I mean, right. the, the, the grind has to be so fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've been using this, uh, for since, since we started doing that, been using a hand grinder. And so it, it takes a long time. It takes almost 10 minutes to grind coffee for a, a Turkish pot for two people with mm-hmm. the hand grinder, but it, it's worth it. And then you need to, you need to watch the pot. Yeah, and you need to make sure it doesn't boil over, um, and you need to make sure it's just the right temperature. You have to start with the right temperature. You have to have to grind just the right way. But there's a there's a there's an aspect to that, like you're saying about about awesome, being awesome is is this. It's almost meditative when you're mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. making the coffee. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're 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 focusing on what needs to be done. You're focusing on what will make it the best coffee it can 
it can be, you're not just you know throwing everything into a pot and just turning it on and letting it sit for you know ten fifteen minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. But you really need to you need to look at it. You need to focus on it. It seems again trying to just think on the theoretical here level here for a moment. Um, yeah, relationship to stuff, a relationship to this world. Again, on the one hand, there certainly there seems to, whatever we want to call it, there seems mm-hmm. to be a a, a, a uh, an attached, desirous, consumptive sort of attitude toward mm-hmm. things, and certainly as Christians, yeah. we want to keep away from that. And that's sort of lo- you know loving this stuff for its sake. Um, on the on the other extreme, getting into things, I, I feel like probably what's in some people's minds when they hear people talk about coffee or wine or cigars or cooking or something like that. There's always this sense of well, the, um, this is, this is sort of snobby, mm-hmm. you know, you know, mm-hmm. are you looking down on my, my regular mm-hmm. cup of coffee? And that, that that's, yeah. that there's issues there too. Yeah. But again, what, what we're aiming for in the middle is this relationship to thing, relationship to things wherein it, there's an increase in our wonder yeah. and our gratitude for those. Well, things. and there's, and there's a, there's a joy in it. Um, I remember the first time in my life that I ever had really good coffee, yeah. um, I went out with a group of friends to an Ethiopian restaurant in mm-hmm. Boston. And one of my friends that went, uh, she, at the time, this was before I had ever worked at Starbucks and really knew much about coffee. She was working at Starbucks at the time. And so one of the reasons that she wanted to go there was because of the coffee. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of dinner, you know, she ordered it. It was a Turkish coffee. And they came out with the coffee. And I... You know, not knowing anything about coffee, I was about to put cream in it, and she's like, "She's like, stop!" And she didn't, she didn't deride me for it. She didn't say, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe you would ever put cream in this." But she just looked at me and she said, "You know what? I think you should try it first. Just try it without any cream. Yeah. And if and if you need to, it's fine if you put cream in it. But I just want you to try it first. Mm-hmm. And so I said, "Okay." I poured myself a cup and I took a sip, and you know, up that time, I my experience of coffee was, you know, it, it's bitter. It's strong and it needs something to make it taste better. This was the the smoothest. I mean, I, I can only think of the word silky really to, to describe it. This the smoothest, best tasting cup of coffee I've mm-hmm. ever had in my life. So I said, oh, my goodness, coffee can really be good. And I can pick up notes of, of different flavors that I've never thought that coffee could have. Mm-hmm. And so and so for coffee in my life, that was that was the time that I you know, said, wait a second, you know, maybe I should understand coffee more. Yeah. Yeah. Now what, now why is that? Let's think about that for a moment. There's a lot of these areas of life. Again, I think the, the, the number is almost infinite of these kinds of things where someone could, if, if they chose that thing, they could go deeper in it and mm-hmm. discover whole, whole new levels of appreciation for it. But mm-hmm. most of the time we don't, there are right. barriers there. What, what prevents right. us? I think part of it is, is a fear. Well, I would say as, as a coming from a, a Christian perspective, I mm-hmm. think part of it is a fear that there is a, there is a joy. Um, there's a joy in getting deeper into something that you can really enjoy it, mm-hmm. that it brings you joy, that it brings you, you pleasure. And, and as you said at the beginning, that it's something that, that points you towards God, that mm-hmm. is awesome. It, it bring that it gives you some awe in, and how could God create something this amazing. And I think that there's a fear. I mean, I, I grew up, uh, as, as a Protestant and I think it's a very common, um, Protestant misconception about things Mm -hmm. that it is either things or it is God that you find joy in. Yeah. And there, there isn't the, the Catholic both end understanding of, um, you know, I enjoy coffee Mm. And therefore, because I enjoy coffee, I can give glory to God because he created coffee. Yeah, that's it's it's stated more explicitly in certain, you know, Protestant circles, you know, this this sort of duality, this division between the things of God and the things of the world. Um, And while that's not Catholic teaching, it's it's funny and unfortunate that's still latent in many of our minds. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, elsewhere here on Awakening Catholic, uh, Andrew Reinhardt on his show Physically Spiritual is exploring a lot of this, this disintegration that even if we don't consciously believe it, 
we, we emotionally, we intuitively sort of believe that there's something bad or wrong about our bodies. There's something bad or wrong about the world. And we need to be focused on the spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. of here. But we are embodied beings. God created us that way. And he mm -hmm. created us that way for a purpose. And yes, we can't be attached to things other than God, even other people to the detriment of our relationship with God. But in the context of our relationship with God, we discover his glory and his majesty mm -hmm. and his creativity mm -hmm. in other people, in the things they make and in the things that God's made that we, we discover. And that, as long as that's in its proper context, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah we, we have a concept, whether, whether we know it or not, we have a concept, I think, especially in our culture that we are spirits inside bodies right mm -hmm. the and therefore the yeah <laughs> and therefore there are the spiritual things you can do and then there are the things you have to do you know to make sure you stay alive um and even even finding joy in things they're still kind of separate from our spiritual life yeah okay oh, no we have friends who are regenerative farmers mm. and they raise pigs and so my kids see the pigs and then when the pigs get slaughtered and we eat their bacon, <laughs> the kids, you know, you see them um, kind of trying to figure this out. But I love that piggy. And, you know, the store, the bacon from the store doesn't come from that piggy, you know. And so we start telling our kids that, like, God tells the piggy, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You're serving our, you know, you're feeding my children. You're feeding, um, you know, my my beloveds. And I, when we were listening to Marie Kondo, mm -hmm. like when she was really big on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, well, she was big first and then she was big on Netflix. Um, but she had this, you know, this kind of idea where you need to thank the thing mm -hmm. before it leaves your mm -hmm. house, you know, or even like her method of folding was kind of like, as you're folding, you're like thanking wh whatever mm -hmm. she thinks. But like, yeah. I, I thank God that like, oh yes, this clothes my children and it came from the rummage sale and someone else donated <laughs> this and I didn't have to spend $20 of my food budget, you know, like when when you're mindful of the fact that the thing that you are using has a purpose to serve god's most precious creation mm -hmm. um it it even brings like a whole new you know a whole new life and a joy and appreciation and an awe to making mm -hmm. coffee or to folding laundry or to eating a pig mm -hmm. you know yeah. I, I love that and I, I, I remember that example i remember seeing mary Kondo do that in the show and it's it's funny because i think she comes probably from a buddhist background mm -hmm. i would assume mm -hmm. so there's 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 some aspects of that you where, where yeah, as a christian you're kind of like okay i can clearly there's something going on here that's not christian but there's something about it that seem seems very right and, you know, and, and again, Catholicism has been doing this from the beginning. It's been recognizing when there's something good and right there. And that's mm -hmm. that when, yeah, when we encounter, when we really are present with a part of God's creation, you know, when we're really mindful with the thing, again, Dr. Gregor Bataro on Andrew's show, you got to check that out, talking about really being mindful in the present moment, you know, the, 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 the smell of the coffee. Mm hmm you know, the scent, the yeah. warmth of the cup, the smoothness of the cup, we're really present with the thing. Um, we, we're, we're discovering God in an important yeah. way. Let yeah. me just read a couple uh, quotes we've read here before, but these are kind of right going along with this. This is St. Jose Maria Escriva. There is something holy, something divine hidden in the most ordinary situations. And it is up to each one of you to discover it. There is no other way, my daughters and sons, Either we learn to find our Lord in ordinary every, everyday life, or we shall never find him. And then uh, Jean-Pierre de Crassade, there is not a moment in which God does not present himself under the cover of some pain to be endured, of some consolation to be enjoyed, or of some duty to be performed. All that takes place within us, around us, or through us contains and conceals his divine action. Mm -hmm. So again, yeah. the, the point is, it's not, it's not a... Um, uh, you know, God in everything, God is everything. It's not that sort of maybe Buddhist or kind of idea, but mm -hmm. it's recognizing that God created all mm -hmm. things, all things he's created uh, are good. And it's only in our embodied experience yeah. as beings in a place that we can encounter him. Yeah. Well, and, you know, using coffee as an example, you know, realizing that there's so many ways to make coffee. And I, I have to admit in, in between my house and the office, I think, I have um, eight or nine different uh, 
items that are used to make coffee of probably five or six different kinds. Mm -hmm. You got the coffee machine, got the French press, got the pour over, got the Turkish, got a couple of the the Italian uh, little espresso pots. Uh, But each one of those, as you're saying before, Teresa, each one of those, there's a different process. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the flavor comes out differently, even using the same as that coffee. Um, It tastes differently. It it smells different, you know. And so, um, you know, when... You know, at the office now we have the pour over, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just, it comes out so smooth. It takes out a lot of the the acidity, um, or you go for a good French press where it gets really strong and bold. Yeah. You know, French press I think is a great coffee for for camping, because you know when you're out you you wake up on a cold morning. <laughs> yeah. One, you just have to you know put the coffee in and pour in boiling water and let it sit there. Um, but on a cold morning when you're camping, there's mm-hmm. nothing like a really strong cup of coffee. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. All the times that I camp <laughs> in cold things. No, I don't camp. I, w- I want to go back to um, something you had asked before. You asked Seth, mm-hmm. why do you think that people don't go deeper and enjoy and like experience whatever that question was that you asked? Mm-hmm. And I, in a, in a way, I think that our relatively consumerist culture over the last maybe i mean since the beginning of the industrial revolution has um bombarded us with decision fatigue Hmm. like i don't go to my local tiny little corner store and have like one can of soup to pick from you know or one Mm -hmm. pasta brand to pick from or one whatever like you have endless options i mean there's not one kroger there's meyer kroger walmart like whole foods i mean there's just uh, Mm -hmm. like to care about something in our current culture Mm -hmm. causes like it's stressful well it's a decision to fatigue mm -hmm. but they also try and push that they're making your decision easier Mm -hmm. so you have a lot of things to decide between but you don't have a lot of information Mm -hmm. about any one of them Mm -hmm. and you can't get information because even if i tried to learn like even anyone who has had like a marketing 101 for their own particular thing that they went to college for or like how to make your website for your Mm -hmm. particular business you know you're never going to put anything negative on your website you'll get fired you Mm -hmm. know so it's like you can't find you can't learn and i think that um the church's uh, like social teaching on subsidiarity really covers like covers over a whole lot of this because the closer you know like the closer you get to your lived situation Mm -hmm. and saying like okay where you know do i live in a suburb do i live in the country do i live in the city okay Mm -hmm. what in my own literal sphere of influence can i actually appreciate an artisan in my daily life Mm -hmm. and i'm going to pick that and i'm going to learn and it's just a tiny step but that tiny step you know allows you to say you know you know alita was saying before we got on the show like i I watched a documentary on cashews how cashews Mm -hmm. are harvested and that's Mm -hmm. really hard Mm -hmm. you know so much effort goes into it and i just buy a big old jug Mm -hmm. at walmart you know it's like it it allows you by by allow by being vulnerable in one area and saying who is this artisan i'm going to get to know them you know i'm going to support our friends the regenerative farmers we're going to choose to buy their milk Mm -hmm. you know one thing it does allow you the practice yeah the practice of being like i wonder who made this or i wonder Mm -hmm. you know how big this company is or where all the stuff comes from or what where the different parts are made you know like i want to find out more about this well and to get to get deep and spiritual with it uh i think unfortunately in our culture um I think in America for a long time, but I I feel like this is becoming worldwide. We have this expectation now because of being in a consumerist mindset for so long that our faith needs to be the same way. Our Mm. faith needs to be easy. Our faith needs to be quick. Yeah, we need to go. We need to go to church. We need to hear a good homily. We need to get inspired and we need to leave. Mm. And, um, And there isn't the there isn't the call to, to, to depth. Um, when I was thinking about this, you know, preparing for the show, the, the, the verse that kept coming back to me was uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Um, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
for God is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, so one of the things about that is, is it takes, it takes work. Yeah. Our, our faith takes work. Um, I had always read this passage before in a, in the reference of thinking, well, I need to, just to make sure that I'm always right with God. Uh, make sure that, you know, that I'm, I'm good, that I'm saved, you know, to use my previous language. But when I was thinking about getting ready for this show, mm. I started to tie it to this idea of, of making coffee mm. or, you know, being, being a connoisseur of something, really wanting to know more about it. So yeah. working out your faith is this process of growing deeper in your faith. Mm -hmm. And when I uh, became Catholic, um, it's been uh, how many years now? Uh, 11 years, mm. 12 years, 2008 is when I was confirmed. When I was preparing to become Catholic, one of the things that really drew me into the Catholic church I had been going to a non-denominational church that was very seeker-friendly, and I had gotten to a point where I said, "Well, I guess I guess I've arrived. I'm a Christian. I go to church. You know, I I take part in in missions work, and I'm good. There's uh, all I have to do is keep doing this for the rest of my life, and I'm good." Um, but one of the things that really enticed me and drew me into the Catholic Church was I realized reading about the Catholic saints, reading the catechism, reading all the teachings of the church, that there is no end mm -hmm. to how deep you can go in, in theology, in, in morality, in even in the simple aspect of having a relationship with God. Yeah. There's no end to the depth. I could spend the rest of my life getting deeper and deeper into my faith. Yeah. And so tying it to to coffee or anything else that you are a connoisseur of, mm -hmm. it is not a it is not a growing deeper because you have to. Mm -hmm. It's not a growing deeper because there's someone standing over your shoulder saying, "If you don't grow deeper in this, <clears throat> you're going to go to hell, or <laughs> you're going to miss out." Um, but there is a desire, and the deeper you go, the stronger your desire becomes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's so many uh, analogies in the faith. You know, I, I just think of prayer as, a, I think, an example of this. Like, thinking of it, again, in terms of, of breadth or depth, you could be, I, I think you, you can see that, you can imagine this happening, and I feel like I do see it happen a lot in the church, where you have people who sort of they get into this consumptive attitude toward the faith itself. Like, I have to constantly have the, ra the Catholic radio on. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, like, I, every day, all day has to be constantly, you know, constant new stream of, of data and facts and mm -hmm. bites and commentary. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, I mean, find good content, watch Awaken Catholic and the coming home network, um, uh, and other good, you know, sources of Catholic content, certainly. But there is a way that we, you could kind of, again, go for this breadth mm -hmm. and never go deep, never take any of it to prayer, never yeah. be with God and go deeper in that relationship. Yeah. And, and in some sense, that is the more important aspect and so it can't be neglected yeah. well and if i could give a small plug here uh, i don't know when this is going to come out i'm in the playing stages right now uh, i have my own uh, youtube channel that nerdy catholic and uh, i've been off of it for about a year i was doing uh, a weekly vlog for a while but i've been thinking about you know should i be getting back into it and in the last month or two what i keep coming back to is that there are so many youtube channels out there to talk about science hmm. and when you watch them you realize that the the base assumption of these these channels is an atheistic worldview they're not being you know evangelistic of you know you, you should become an atheist but when they come it's up the with assumption with the, the assumption yeah, sure. and so when they come up with conclusions about what they're learning about in different areas of science well of course it means that you know we're the only ones here it's just the material world um, and I love watching them because mm -hmm. some of the concepts are amazing. Um, you know, the, the possibility of, of a multiverse, mm -hmm. um, you know, any, any concept of doing, you know, time travel, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a big nerd, which is why my channel <laughs> nerdy is that nerdy Catholic, Makes sense. but, um, but what I want to do is I want to have conversations actually even, yeah. you know, look, I'm starting to come up with a list of different scientists yeah. that I could have on the show. Talk about the possibility of a multiverse and what does that mean with our faith? Yeah. Are those two compatible? Um, 
but not not trying to be you know a you know here's the here's the truth that the catholic church says about x y and z in science but have a have a uh, have a conversation about what are what is what's the new research mm-hmm. you know what's the new research in in black holes looking at what what's the size of the universe mm-hmm. you know that that's something you know coffee is something that i nerd out on yeah uh, and i i love that that phrase nerd out uh, yeah but i i am a big nerd and so i love thinking about science and i love thinking about the implications on my faith for what is going on in science and so i you know there's so much out there talking about Catholic faith. Yeah. And there's so much out there talking about science, but you don't see a lot of overlap between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really neat project. I think you also bring out, you know, another element, which kind of connects to our discussion here, which is this, I mean, even think about the, 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 the word a nerd. So you're a nerdy Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. think about, I mean, with something we use all the time, we, we sort of intuitively know what we're meaning by, but what does it mean to be a nerd? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's helpful to think of what's, by contrast, what is not a nerd. It's if, if, you, if you're a nerd, you're not maybe cool, if, mm-hmm. if nerd is used in a negative sense in our culture. Mm-hmm. But think of what the word cool means. Think of what our culture means by cool. Think of where that, that began, that started. To be cool means to not be hot. Mm-hmm. It means to not be affected. If you're mm-hmm. cool, you're unaffected by the world. Yeah, there, there's, there's, well, I, you know what? I don't care. There's this aloofness, don't care about that this pride, attitude. like, uh, eh, it's, it, whatever, you know, like, that's this ethos that's kind of baked into our, weirdly, I mean, the whole other episode to like explore that <laughs> rabbit hole, but, yeah. but thinking about coolness, if we, if we understand this weird ethos that we all sort of use in our common language and we, to some degree, look up to, there's some contrariness of coolness to what we're called to in the gospel, which mm-hmm. is to be not cool, but childlike. We're to be in awe of God. We're to be excited. Mm-hmm. We're to be joyful. And yeah. this coolness, this, yeah, that, that's fine. That's interesting. But to, to be unaffected, to be unimpressed well, by the world. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and we know what yeah. Jesus said in Revelations about people that are lukewarm. Out, man. Or, or you know not good coffee. Was that the right Bible verse? Well, yeah. it is the right Bible verse and, and I, I, I think it's I think it's unfortunate that a lot of translations say I will spit you out of my mouth because the literal translation says if you, you are neither hot nor cold, and because you are neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you <laughs> right, out right. of my mouth. I mean that is strong language. Harsh. And so and you and you can't be a good evangelist right if you're cool yeah so there's I, I i've always thought it's interesting again i think this would make a neat other episode but there's a there's a certain humility to be a nerd mm-hmm. about whatever it is you're a nerd about yeah. cooking or gardening or coffee or science there's a certain wonder a childlike wonder that that you're not ashamed of that's mm-hmm. part of it too it's like you know what? i don't care what the rest of the world thinks <laughs> i just i'm really into yeah. gardening you know yeah. yeah and there's something there's something <laughs> right and humble and virtuous about that that I think is important. Well, and you, you think about, I think what, what most people would think about as far as an image yeah. of, of a nerd, you think of, um, you know, the Big Bang Theory, the show, mm. mm-hmm. and the the quintessential image of a nerd just walking around in a superhero t-shirt. Right. I love superheroes. I don't <laughs> care if people think I'm weird for wearing a Green Lantern shirt. And I'm saying that because I have a Green Lantern shirt. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> and, well. um, you know, yeah, there's there's an aspect of, you know what, this is cool. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I, I love it. So, um, again, we've co- covered a bunch of things. Breadth and depth, um, you know, connoisseurship, uh, and this, this element of childlikeness that's inerrant in going deep in something mm-hmm. going going deep properly into a thing you know part of god's creation a craft an art it involves a certain done well done rightly done authentically it involves this humility this mm-hmm. childlikeness and another thing another effect of that is uh, there's a communal element to it because mm-hmm. if i if i kind of let my guard down and i get excited about this thing well then i encounter other people who are excited about that thing. And as C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis says, what friendship is, is finding another person saying, hey, you too? Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. So there's this, there's this communal friendship element to getting deep in something as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, um, you know, there have been times where I've been at a coffee shop and, uh, and I've made some comment uh, and they're like, wow, you, you know about that? It's like, well, I used to, I used to work at Starbucks and they're like, oh, wow. And then, so you get into this conversation. Yeah. 
with the person behind the uh, behind the coffee machine right um, and you there's a shared there's shared experience there's just a shared knowledge but there's also a shared love yeah of really really getting into it yeah you know and Teresa you were bringing up earlier the subsidiarity man if you haven't seen it yet you, you really have to check out elsewhere here on awaken Catholic Pete ranges first episode of the Catholic vote in which he explores the three foundational pillars of Catholic social teaching which are human dignity solidarity and subsidiarity and it's it's an amazing episode because even if you really are tired of politics which i don't blame you that episode is stepping aside from politics and looking at these three principles which are so important and so widely applicable and they're super applicable here because as you get into deep into something and again today we're talking about coffee that's our example here you get into it you learn about it you begin to appreciate the methods the types the roasts Mm -hmm. the origins that then draws you closer to other people and it also draws you to care about well how did that coffee get to me you know and again if we have those those three catholic principles mm-hmm. that we're supposed to live by this in terms of social teaching human dignity solidarity with fellow human beings and subsidiarity this mm-hmm. this wanting to be um, this preference for closeness and keeping things on, mm-hmm. on the level that they're at then we begin to recognize that that informs our decision making about these kinds of things too like i should care it should be my joy to know that uh like our friends the russells that that we get to enjoy their bacon and we're then they get to you know put food on the table and take care of their you know and pay their bills and stuff like that because they're they're making a great product through their regenerative regenerative farming um the coffee company we've had a We've had a subscription to for a while. It was called Farmers First, and a buddy of ours—it was his brother—was involved in forming that. Mm-hmm. But they worked on the supply chain and came up with a very simple process by which we could get coffee. Mm-hmm. But the farmers, and they had, you know, and we got to know the farmers through, the, through their pictures and their videos and their interviews with these people to make sure that they were getting paid well for their good work. Yeah. And so that that aspect too, as we go deep in, into things we have these opportunities to grow in solidarity yeah. and subsidiarity with our fellow human yeah, beings. Yeah, I, I, I had, a, sim- I had an exper- a couple experiences where uh, back when I was living in Massachusetts, the parish that I went to had a, uh, had a relationship with a sister parish down in Honduras, and there was a, a coffee co-op within that parish. And I've actually had the opportunity to go down and visit the, the parish, but also the coffee co-op a couple of times and to, to meet some of the farmers, to meet the people that were, you know, they were picking the beans, growing them, but also the, the people that were processing them and, and ended up sending them up to, to the U S for us. Uh, and the, the place that, that I actually, I still get all my coffee from, it's a great place. Dean's beans. If you ever want a little plug for them, you if you ever want really good coffee that you can order it online and they'll ship it to you. Um, they do all fair trade. It's really uh, actually very inexpensive for good coffee. Um, but they, you know, they would store it and they roasted it for, for the parish and we would bring it out and sell it uh, and, and send all the, the profits back to the co-op. Um, but there's, there's the, there was that aspect of, of relationship there as well, yeah. of, of finding the, the people that do it well and, and building a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, again, if, if, if the, this humility, this childlikeness is part of this process of going mm-hmm. deeper, and, and that it should be, then we, you know, we become a student. Mm-hmm. And as we get into these areas, then we learn just, not just about the thing, but the processes, mm-hmm. the people. That attitude of wonder is an important thing. And, and to cultivate it in one area is to yeah. engender it in other areas of your life. Yeah. And so it's well, such an important yeah, and thing. Yeah, and then to tie it back to, to your faith, mm-hmm. if you love it, and you really want to know more about it and you're, you're spending all your time getting to know more about it and getting deeper into it, you're not just going to sit by and, you know, take it all in for yourself. You're going to want to share it. You want to tell other people about it. Right. So, you, you know, I mean, like going back to what you're saying about being a snob, it can come off sometimes as being a snob. It's like, you know what? Oh my goodness, you have got to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, being a real connoisseur and loving something means you're going to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the person that says, oh my goodness, I cannot believe you're drinking that coffee. Well, let's or, talk about that for a yeah. moment though, because that does happen. That happens with coffee. That happens with also with our faith, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we evangelize in that way. Like, yeah. oh, you're, you're doing this with your life. Ugh, you know, like you're that's not gross. going to Latin mass. Oh, uh, you're not, uh, you're not into the social issue that I'm really into, yeah. you know? Oh, you like that Pope or you yeah. like that Bishop, you know? Uh. Certainly, like that can that can happen, and that's 
bad. Yeah. What do we yeah. want to say intelligent well, about that? Like, well, I, so I would say, how does it happen? Well, What's going on I mean, there? <laughs> to to be to be controversial on a on a Catholic channel. Here we go. I'm going to say, I would love to see more videos, or podcasts, or blog articles, or whatever, talking about why the Latin Mass is so beautiful. Mm. And talking about positively, positively, not, not virtually, yes. not yes. polarizing. Yeah, I love the Latin Mass because mm. one, two, three. Yeah, it is. It has elevated my faith because of this or that. Um, the I think my issue with hearing so much about the Latin Mass within the past few months, it is so much of it is centered around a. The Latin Mass is the only way to go, and if you don't go to a Latin Mass, then you must not be a serious Catholic. Why? I'm not, I'm not hearing why. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not seeing the passion for it. I'm just seeing a. If you don't do this, then you're not as good of a Catholic. This is a. This is a personal struggle I'm going through right now. Actually, <laughs> well, no, and I, I. We've been going to a Latin Mass a couple times because we want our son to be trained as a server there. Mm -hmm. um, because they have an army of young boys and young men who really take it seriously and they seem joyful. And, you know, you go there and there's like nine guys serving. And of course, like Father Kid, who has got, who's got a show on this channel, you mm -hmm. know, is the pastor. So it's always nice to see him. But like, I can't, like, I'm such a, what is it called? I always say it wrong. Novus Ordo. Yeah, sure. like I'm a cradle Catholic novice ordo. My spirituality is a little more charismatic. I love faithful Orthodox Catholicism. Like I'm not a wishy-washy Catholic out in you know like wanting to make my own mass. Mm -hmm. But when I'm there, I struggle, mm -hmm. and I want people to tell me their own testimony because mm -hmm. I know that I know that. When you go to a Latin mass, they're submissive to the liturgy. Mm -hmm. I know that, which is something I appreciate greatly, mm -hmm. but I need, I need to understand that the people in the pews, their life is being yeah. illuminated and it's spilling forth into every other thing that they do. Not just that this lit. And so this is me just letting it all fly. Okay. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to be convinced. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to be, I probably will never leave the I can't imagine, but, but this is like yes, yeah, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But, yeah, how but, do we? But, but yeah. going back to being a connoisseur, but what I want to know. Did they serve yeah. in the parish hall. Yeah. Well, no, I, I want to know why. I, I don't want it. I don't want to hear you have to do it or you're you're not a good Catholic. You know, all the, those arguments aren't good for me. I want to know why. Yeah. I mean, and and like you said, testimony, testimonies are so much more powerful. And I, you know, going back to being a connoisseur, when you tell people why you love something, or even just, just like my friend mm -hmm. at that at the restaurant that said, just try it, mm -hmm. if, try it. I think you'll really like it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there's so many interesting parallels here. Yeah. because like again, that is that's true. So many rabbit holes. It's true in life. It's true in the faith. You yeah. know, there's there there are there's many temperaments. There are many things to enjoy. There's many things to learn about in the faith. But how we share those mm -hmm. in a testimonial way, do we share them from a place of personal pride and something that mm -hmm. I've found that I, and I appreciate? Or do we find it from a place of, of wonder and awe mm -hmm. and humility? And, and that's, that's the all important thing. Yeah. That's no one. Well, what's the thing? They don't. You know, people don't care what you know till they know you care. Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, something sounds, like that. I always right. get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, man, we talked about all kinds of things. I want to end with a few fun questions to wrap this up. And one is, I'll start this with, with Seth here. Right. Is making someone a cup of coffee a corporal work of mercy or a spiritual work of mercy? Go. Uh, yes. Uh, it is a, <laughs> Good answer. It is, ding, a ding, ding, ding. it is a corporal work of mercy for the other. <laughs> I would say uh, it could be a spiritual work of mercy for the other. It is definitely a spiritual work of mercy for myself. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I being I love being the the office barista. I love, I love having, being the office yeah, barista I was too. Sad when you guys moved out. I appreciate um, it. I, I really enjoy that time of of making that pot of coffee to share. Uh, and yeah, it is it is a way to be to be generous to share. You know, I've. I have spent so many hours now learning how to make a good cup of coffee. Yeah. It, I, I enjoy making a good cup of coffee for, for myself, but it is, it is so much more 
powerful and I love doing it so much more when I can do it for someone else as well. Yeah. That's an aspect of this that I, I did want to get into. And another important piece here, when you, when you get into something, again, whatever that might be, this coffee or this episode's about coffee, but it, we could have replaced it with gardening or mm-hmm. cooking or different kinds or of wine. art or music or wine, whatever. Yeah. The point is when you get into something and when you get into it with a proper attitude, this humility, this awe, this wonder, then you recognize that it's the, it's like the blessing of that thing that God's given to you and he's created the, the appreciation in you and you've gone deeper in it. Now it's for others. Mm-hmm. Now you can share it with others. And I love, especially in our modern world where we have a lot of high ideals and a desire to help, but mostly we sit around on social media and share memes. I love when we have like concrete physical opportunities to serve other people mm-hmm. to like we do uh, Teresa and the moms, of the community here do meal trains for one another. So um, a mother has a baby. She's, you know, laid up for a while. She's recovering and they, for weeks on end, they will bring her meals every mm-hmm. single night. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift for her. But it's also this amazing gift for the people doing it because suddenly I've got this tangible, concrete thing I can do for you. Yeah. And if it's something like coffee where it's I not just it's not just coffee, but it's something I've learned to appreciate, I've grown and I've practiced, then so much more love can be in that yeah. process of I really worked on this hard to, for you. I love thinking of what particular meal and what dessert I'm going to bring that mom. Actually, yeah. we were just we were thinking about it, but a, a certain guest who... Oh. I'm very excited to welcome into our home next month, but I won't say it because I don't want to be poofy. But I'm just like, (laughs) I was just like, what, what does he want to eat? Like, what kind of dessert will he like? You know, just, Mm -hmm. I love thinking about what that mom's going to want while she's laying in bed. Like, is this a week after she's had the baby or is Mm -hmm. this two months after she's had the baby and the kids are running around crazy and she's even more crazy than when she had the baby in the first place. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another connected aspect of that too is with coffee in particular as a thing, I think all of us here and probably people watching coffee has this interesting relationship to our schedule and our routines too, mm-hmm. right? You got to have your morning coffee. Yeah. It's part yeah. of that ritual, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I will admit that I do have a coffee machine that's on a timer so that I can have my first cup of coffee in the morning. I still put good coffee into it, but, yeah. um, even though I do love making, you know, French press or pour over or Turkish or, or any other thing that really takes a lot of time. I, I also do appreciate having my coffee that's ready for me as soon as I wake up. Yeah. I noticed when we stopped using a coffee maker and we started using the pour over, it was really hard to get out of bed <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you could just push the button and know that coffee was coming with the pour over. It's like, oh, I'm just going to lay in bed until John Mark gets up to make the coffee. And I think it was like a vice versa thing, like, or, or we were both thinking the same thing. Like yeah. if she, if I lay oh, in bed long enough, was, she'll have enough. Oh, I'd, I'd say that, that was my, that was my way. <laughs> I think one of the first big ways of serving my wife after we got married mm-hmm. was we, we did French press for a number of years and that's all we did. Yeah. And so I would get up in the morning and make, make the pot oh, of French yeah. press and then the smell of coffee would get her out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good way to, a good way to serve her. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same thing with me. I actually, the other day I must confess I was going, I was going to men's group, the Seth and yeah. you and I are in the same men's group and I went to men's group and I was thinking to myself, well, I'm going to have coffee there. So I'm not going to make the coffee here. Uh, Teresa can do it later. And I left and I got all the way there and then I thought I didn't make her coffee that she was expecting. That's part of her normal routine. I normally do it. And mm-hmm. I just kind of abandoned her there with oh. no coffee. I drank cold lame. coffee from the day I, before. I, I, okay. I, <laughs> I didn't even notice it until I drank it. And I, I was like, well, I texted whatever. her to apologize. I should no, I wasn't mad. That's yeah. great. I, I appreciated the text. Yeah. Well, wrapping up then, just a few more fun questions. Seth, so as we've talked about, mm-hmm. again, the point here, the point of this discussion, um, it's not that, you know, the, we're, we're expecting the listening audience to all become, you know, coffee connoisseurs necessarily, mm-hmm. but we're encouraging some depth. We're encouraging yeah. that, you know, if, especially in our noisy co- culture, there is something uh, important to simplifying a little bit mm-hmm. and picking some things and going a little deeper. So in that context, mm-hmm. but talking, talking about coffee, tell us about some of your favorite coffee. Well, I, I'm, we had this conversation before yeah. and I'm yeah. going to 
say this quickly, just so it doesn't take too long, but you know, you have the different regions and yeah. everyone, if people that really get into coffee, they have their favorite region. Yeah. Um, all of my favorite coffees are all from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say most like most of them are Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some great Rwandan, uh, Kenyan coffees, but, um, my favorite coffee is definitely from Ethiopia. The the best coffee if you can ever find it and this was the one that i had in that ethiopian restaurant yeah ethiopian harar it has these amazing blueberry notes to i know them. exactly mm. what you're talking about um yep. this, yep. this other coffee this is another really great ethiopian ethiopian uh aromia mm-hmm. is another really great one uh a lot of the ethiopian coffees they're they're strong they're they're very smooth mm-hmm. a lot of them have some sort of a fruity you know overtone to them yeah um but yes, that is definitely Ethiopian Harar. If you ever find it or uh, have a place that will serve it, definitely order it. Nice. That's a lot of fun. Teresa, yeah. what's your favorite coffee? Whatever you make, babe. Actually, um, <laughs> Not we the have, Ethiopian Harar? No. We have four different um, coffee roasters in our small town yeah. of Perrysburg, Ohio, or mm-hmm. like right around Perrysburg, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just encourage you, if you're interested in getting involved in coffee, look look in your town specifically mm-hmm. literally you might be able to find them at your local farmers yeah. market or ask at your local farmers market they might know some coffee roasters but you can mm-hmm. find someone yeah. who loves coffee yeah. really and, close and, to and you. get into a conversation with them yeah mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. yeah, when you found someone like that you found someone who 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 has has a wonder for a thing mm-hmm. you found a per, uh, an interesting person to connect with because yeah. they've they've become in awe of a piece of god's creation and you yeah. can have a good conversation with that person yeah yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again, Seth, for this fun conversation, you know, and and thank you uh, for watching Elevate Ordinary. Oh, I forgot to give the shout outs at the beginning. Uh, I want to encourage you if you enjoyed this program. Uh, and you enjoy what we're doing here on Awaken Catholic, to visit awakencatholic.org slash donate and become a part of the Awaken Nation. One time, a recurring donation really uh, helps a lot, helps keep the lights on, help us keep uh, uh, developing this content. But also, a really cool app that you can download to, to use in the morning with your morning cup of coffee is the Hallow app. Uh, go to hallow.app slash awaken. It's a Catholic meditation app. It's really cool, really neat functionality. Uh, I've used it myself with my morning cup of coffee. It's a combine that. It's a great little morning routine, and it also supports uh, the work of um, Awaken Catholic. So thank you for your support. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again next time. God bless. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.